So when I started thinking about this morning, I wonder, okay, what message would be great? This is my last one as a pastor here. What can I share with you? So I went to the beginning. August 1985, I had just surrendered my life to Jesus at LBRC Ranch here in Kansas City to ministry less than a week before. We go, to, we go to a mission trip in Sublet, Kansas. You've heard the term Sublet probably because that's where Weston and Andrea Bircham are from. Didn't know them. Obviously, they weren't even around in 85. <laughs> and so we went to Sublet, and Tuesday or Wednesday, my student pastor, who always activated us in ministry, that's one of the places that I learned it, possibly the best. Darren, you're going to preach a message on Wednesday night. What's that? I just got called to ministry three days ago <laughs> where you're preaching. Okay, great. You pick the passage. James 5, 13 to 20. You see, I had, had lost uh, my watch earlier in the day. I had read this chapter. God, please help me find my watch. New believer, newly called to ministry. Strange thing, he didn't have to answer that. Within 30 seconds, there's my watch underneath the pew. God answered. And so when I saw Elijah was a man just like us, he prayed that it wouldn't rain, and we're going to read this three and a half years again. He prayed, and God gave rain. I thought, you just did that in my life. You allowed my watch to show up. I'm a brand new believer. I just got called to ministry, and I get to share this story with this group of people everywhere from 5 to 95 about how you answered a prayer for, for me. So this is the very first message I preached. Obviously, today's going to be different, I think, than what it looked like back then. We're not just going to dial in on 17 to 18, but we are going to look at how as followers of Jesus, we are called to pray diligently and pray courageously. Those will be the two tenets, the way we walk through. But before we start, let's pray. God, this is a glorious day. This is a glorious day because of you. All that we are, all that we have, we owe to you. You have profoundly impacted and changed the lives of my family, continuing to do that, my life, and the people who are in this room. It's been humbling to be able to be in front of them for so long and to be in the, the trenches with them, serving you, battling. God, may you be honored in your word this morning as we spend time. Help us, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's read James 5, 13 to 20 together. It's going to be a pretty light, probably feel more like a devotional today than it will a message, to be honest, just because of the time. But it's important. I believe God's got some things for us. Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Another version says Elijah was a man just like us. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. So the first 
peace that we see is that we're called to pray diligently, regardless of the season, regardless of what we are in. He mentions three, suffering, cheerful, sick. The first phrase in verse 13 is anyone among you suffering. We have to stop right there. What do we do personally when we experience suffering? Where are we to immediately go? Obviously in prayer to the Lord. But oftentimes, what is our response or reaction? Discouragement, struggle, at times self-pity, difficulty, not being able to see ourselves outside of the circumstance, forgetting at times as we experience suffering that we are to call upon the Lord first and foremost, not to go for a natural reaction, but a supernatural reaction, engagement, relationship we have with the Lord, calling upon him, calling upon the Holy Spirit to meet our needs and not allowing our faith to be crippled or to be set aside in the testings of it. Uh, We see the term suffering also known as hardship or trouble or affliction. And 2 Timothy 2.3 calls us to share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. There are a lot of reasons for suffering. That could be an entire message series in itself. It has been in other places. It has been at Blue Valley where that's been focused on. But some of the reasons included in that for suffering, if we are or not currently in that space, is that we, the Lord doesn't want us to become too connected to the world. He wants us to connect to him. It, it causes more of a dependence upon him in our lives. It's, it's a time possibly to produce in us discipline which produces holiness or retribution or prevention of sin. It's keeping us from something when we experience suffering. We we draw closer to the Lord in that. What we learn while growing in it can help others. Or it produces a continual burning in our hearts, a longing for our eternal home. This is just temporary. So when we see Jesus face to face, when we're in heaven, our eternal home, it produces in our lives a burning in our hearts. But there are times when... We have difficulty climbing out of whatever it is that we're walking through, whether it be cancer, loss of job. We've talked about COVID a lot in recent months. Broken relationships, broken lives, addictions, all that can come into our lives. We struggle, and sometimes we have difficulty coming out of that. We have to remember that there is an enemy, a real enemy, the devil, Satan who wants to steal and kill and destroy our very lives. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for those that he may devour. And let's be honest, there are times in our lives when we have allowed him in moments to devour us. And we've struggled, we've been buried in it, and we've forgotten who we are in Christ. But the challenge he's giving in this is to not let him win. Is it trouble? Then we pray. And then the trouble's gone. Usually not. It's usually trouble. We pray. God acts. We know him. But then here comes more trouble. Look at the life of Jesus. Look at the life of all the authors. Old Testament, New Testament. All these individuals who walked with God. Their lives were riddled with struggle and suffering and trouble. Why should we think for a moment that ours will not be? They depended on upon the Lord, and especially, again, on, on Jesus, the one who suffered the most. In another one of these confrontational moments bought by the religious leaders of the day, we're reminded in this, this next phrase, let him praise. Anyone cheerful, let him sing praise, Luke 19, 38 to 40. 
Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He said, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. If we, as followers of Jesus, become quiet in our praise to God, that, along with Old Testament verses, remind us and tell us even the rocks will cry out because he is worthy of praise and glory. How much more should we be doing that? There are times when the difficulty is too much to bear. We're spiritually exhausted, and it's debilitating. And we're weak and weary, and at times it's difficult for us to see hope. But then we see 1 Peter 5, 6-7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Even in our deepest sorrow, we can cry out to him. We do. He meets us there. He shows us himself. And he's big enough to care for us in that. And he takes our anxiety. What's our typical response? At times to pull back and to activate this capital I introvert. <laughs> what is that in us that causes us to draw back when we're struggling? The Lord has placed people in our lives intentionally for us to be able to share the depths of our lives with them so they can intercede for us. Oftentimes, in the midst of that, God uses that individual, possibly who's walked through the exact same situation and circumstance without our even knowing it to meet our needs. Tiffany talked about that. She encouraged us in that. She's experienced that. I've experienced Our kids have. Here, with you. There are times we've been down, discouraged, distraught, struggling. Guess who showed up? You. Text message, email, phone call, walking in the door, seeing me on Sunday morning, seeing our family. Guess what? Hey, Pastor Darren. Hey, Tiffany, Tieran, Ethan, Braden. How are you doing today? What is that? We walk away. They saw me today. All of us like being seen, don't we? I'm not talking about the, how you doing? Good. I'm talking about the Pastor Darren. Man, it's good to see you. Do you know how many times I've experienced that already even today with you? The joy you bring our lives, prayerfully the joy we bring to you? It's a legacy of this church family. It's a legacy of this campus. It's you. Will you continue it? This ministry, this life, this church is not built around a person. 13 years, we were able to be in the stream of Blue Valley. He's taking us to a different stream. God's going to bring a different campus pastor. He's going to be in the stream of this church. You're in the stream of this church. It doesn't end because something, someone leaves or something ends. In fact, the greatest days ahead are waiting for you and this church. We believe that. Great days are coming. Will you activate in the stream and continue to be the hands and feet of Jesus, loving as if he were in your place, those around you, including crazy guys like me? Verse 14. Is any one of you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So you get to this point where you're distraught. You can't get out. What do you do? You call the ministry staff. You call the elders specifically. Who are your elders? 
Pastor David is committed to this campus and is here. Now, he's been away because of COVID, health risk. Pastor David's one of your elders. Jeff Herman. Jeff Allen, newly elected a week ago today, which is awesome. And, of course, overarching of all of it, of both campuses, is Pastor Derek. What do you do? If you get to the point where your soul is weary and you're distraught and you don't know what to do, and for whatever reason, in your reach with others around you, what can you do? Call them to come to your home and pray over you and anoint you with oil. There's nothing special about the oil. Used for different purposes, we could talk about that a long time. We won't. But when was the last time you, when you were really down, struggling, didn't know how to get out, made the phone call? I encourage and challenge you, do it. Aim, Jen, Deb, Jeremy, Pastor David, Jeff, Jeff, Pastor Derek, you struggle, you're struggling, you're in the depth of it, you don't know how to get out of it, you do what James is telling us. You call them and you ask them to come over and you let them pray over you. They are not too busy. We heard that when we were on this trip. I feel bad about talking to you or grabbing your talk. No. Our life is about the interruption. And you are not an interruption. That is a joy. That's where it's found. Would you activate differently when you go through those seasons? And do what James is telling us, what the word is telling us, and call on these, these people that are serving you, that are your shepherds, that love you, to pray over you. If you do, just as God hears our prayers, especially for those who are shepherding, he will hear their prayer in that moment for you, and you will be amazed at what he does. If you are not praying for your elders, and for your ministry staff, Become activated. They need you. We are in a deep spiritual battle. You know it. They need you consistently warring for them on your knees. If you haven't been doing that, would you? Would you activate? Quick side note. Just as you have loved our family well, in all situations, whether it be building a relationship, worshiping together, listening to... Chuck Norris quotes, which I'm going to give you too, because <laughs> he's my favorite. Chuck Norris, when the boogeyman goes to sleep every night, he checks his closet for Chuck Norris. One more, when Chuck Norris does a push-up, he isn't pushing himself up. He is pushing the earth down. So whether in Chuck Norris quotes or bad analogies or differences in theology or the craziness that God has wired me to be, what have you done? You have loved me as your pastor, in spite of. In spite of the differences, in spite of the silliness, in spite of the changes, in spite of the challenges, in spite of the, the weaknesses. My goodness, my life is riddled with weakness. In it, Jesus is made strong. You come alongside, you've been strong for me, my family. Will you do the same for the next one that God calls here to be your campus pastor, your pastor? Will you love he and if he has a family the same from the depths of your lives, pouring your life out for he and again his family like you've done for us? Whoever God calls here, he will be very fortunate, very lucky to have you. 
Will you extend as much grace to he and his family as Tiffany shared that you've extended to us? If you would, look out. Because again, God is on the verge of doing something amazing. You are called to pray for those who are spiritually over. You're doing it. If you're struggling, reach out. Verse 15, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. God will hear those prayers. Now, some would say this is physical sickness. I believe it's emotional, mental, relational, spiritual, and physical. Regardless of what you're experiencing, whatever there is, a lot of this is leaning towards the the spiritual struggle, the difficulty. But whatever it is, the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Interesting ending to that verse that when Jesus would talk with those who were struggling in sin, what did he do? Showed his love. What did he do next? He said, go and sin no more. He dealt with their sin. They were to repent, ask forgiveness, and then they were to go and sin no more. It's interesting that James would bring that back around in this setting when we're talking about difficulty. So if we're ridden with sin and we've got that, we've not dealt with it, he is reminding us, deal with it. And then go and sin no more. And then it jumps into verse 16, which is kind of an odd verse in the midst of all of this. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So we see the evidence again of this this strength and power, the encouragement and challenge for us. And this is what? We need people in our lives that we can go to, that we can trust, that we can share with our difficulty, where where we're walking, the joys and the downs and everything else in between in life that can walk with us and be committed to us. James assumed the readers of this letter that he wrote were involved in deep fellowship. What's your level of engagement and fellowship with this church family? Do you have people that are like that that are go-tos for you? If not, I'm telling you, because we've experienced it and we've seen it. It is available to you if you will extend yourself out. Will you? Will you extend yourself out? Next, we see that we are called to pray courageously. Verse 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Again, another version just like us. Hard for me to reconcile that Elijah and I are any way, shape, or form similar. That guy, I can understand when 1 Kings 17, 18, 19 would be great encouragement for you to read those, his life, and then actually 2 Kings chapter 2 picks it up again. But um, regardless, his life, his trek, the one who was taken up, you know, in chariot of fire with the, with the fiery horses, that's how the Lord took him. I wouldn't mind going that way. <laughs> if, if, it's not going to happen, but it would be pretty cool if it did. This, this man who walked with God, this great season of God doing something amazing. And then what happened? Jezebel reared her head. I mean, he, he saw God do this amazing thing. God, God showed up. The, the Baals and the false worshipers, the, their, their attempts to, to have their gods activate didn't work. Elijah drenched this wood three times. God consumed it and everything around it with fire. He showed up. After him doing that and Elijah being a part of that, seeing that, leading that, Jezebel, let's kill him. What did he do? He ran and hid. After great spiritual victory, what is there? The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for those he may devour. He is right there waiting to to destroy what God has done. He can't. We have to be aware and conscious and on guard constantly. Elijah was on guard. Now that I can relate to. <laughs> Seeing God do something and running away afraid. 
I, I can relate to that part. The other pieces. He was a man just like us. He prayed it would not rain for three and a half years. Then he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain. And, and the earth bore its fruit. I want to read this instead of saying it. What is more unproductive than earth that doesn't have rain for three and a half years? What is more parched than a weary soul? Prayer brought rain to the parched soil, and crops began to flourish again. Prayer brings rain to our parched souls, and God begins to produce fruit and crops again in our lives when we are in those places. And Jesus is right around the corner ready to do that in us. We are called to pray, to pray for others, and to ask our shepherds to pray for us. If you are in a season of parchment right now, if your soul is parched and you're like that dry ground that hasn't seen a drip of water for three and a half years, reach out. Allow God to heal that. And watch the produce, produce, the crops that will come. We clearly see our call to pray diligently and courageously. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. There are people who are riddled and ridden by struggle and difficulty and suffering in our church family on this campus. Will you continue to be even greater than the hands and feet of Jesus to those God brings here? If so, the heavens rejoice and will continue to. Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, then I'm wrapping it. We've read this verse, this passage, I don't know how many times. It's critical. Verse 10, Ephesians 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't fight against people. Let's get it right. Stop fighting with each other. Doesn't matter what the issue is. Politics, doctrine, doesn't matter. Stop it. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, all of it, so that you may be able to withstand in the day of evil and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, put on the breastplate of righteousness and his shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The only thing uncovered is the back. You've had my back. I've had yours. Continue to have each other's backs to cover that unpart, that uncovered part, praying at all times in the spirit. We have got to pray. 
with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert, all perseverance, making supplication for the saints, and also pray for me that words may be given to me, opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains, that I may declare boldly as I ought to speak. We are to declare God's word, the gospel, boldly. If you are his, engage. If you have not yet surrendered your life to Jesus, would you? Nothing would bring our family greater joy than the very last day that we are here and with you. That you would surrender to him. Your life will never be the same. Our lives have been changed. He loves you. If you're in the depths of your life today, you're struggling, will you reach out? Take a chance and see what God can do. If you're not in challenges currently, they're coming. Are you preparing? Keep striving in Christ together for the sake of the gospel and the kingdom. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our family. In the name of God the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Better days are coming than ever before for you, for this church family. And this is not goodbye. This is, hey, we'll see you later. And we'll see you later, either on this planet or around the throne of God. We'll see you later.